Act One of The Bow Stratagem by George Farker. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dramatis Personae Thomas Aimwell, read by Chris Cartwright. Francis Archer, read by Dustin Tuttle. Count Belair, read by Patrick Wallace. Squire Sullen, read by Alan Maxstone. Sir Charles Freeman, read by Nick Bolka. Feigar, read by Russell Hughes. Gibbet, read by Lambda. Hounslow, read by Todd. Bagshot, read by Todd. Boniface, landlord of the inn, read by Danny Sayers. Scrub, read by Rach Hasper. Lady Bountiful, read by Victoria. Mrs. Sullen, read by Elizabeth Clatt. Dorinda, read by Amanda Friday. Gypsy, read by Maria Casper. Servant, read by Maria Casper. Cherry, read by Libby Gone. Countrywoman, read by Marion Carwin. Countryman, read by Nick Bolka. Narration, read by Katie Fossil. Prologue. When strife disturbs or sloth corrupts an age, keen satire is the business of the stage. When the plain dealer writ, he lashed those crimes which then infested most, the modish times. But now, when faction sleeps, and sloth is fled, and all our youth in active fields are bred, when through Great Britain's fair extensive round the trumps of fame, the notes of union sound, when Anna's sceptre points the laws their course, and her example gives her precepts force. There scarce is room for satire. All our lays must be or songs of triumph or of praise. But as in grounds best cultivated, tares and poppies rise among the golden ears, our product, so, fit for the field or school, must mix with nature's favourite plant, a fool. A weed that has to twenty summers ran, shoots up in stalk, and vegetates to man. Simpling, our author goes from field to field, and culls such fools as many diversion yield. And, thanks to nature, there's no want of those, for, rain or shine, the thriving coxcomb grows. Follies, to-night, we show ne'er lashed before, yet such as nature shows you every hour. Nor can the pictures give a just offence, for fools are made for jests to men of sense. Act One, Scene One A Room in Boniface's Inn 
Enter Boniface, running. Chamberlain, maid, Cherry, daughter, Cherry, all asleep, all dead. Enter Cherry, running. Here, here, why'd you bawl so, father? Do you think we have no ears? You deserve to have none, you young minx. The company of the Warrington coach has stood in the hall this hour, and nobody to show them to their chambers. And let him wait farther. There's neither redcoat in the coach nor footman behind it. But they threaten to go to another inn to-night. That they dare not, for fear the coachman should overturn them to-morrow. Coming, coming! Here's the London coach arrived. Enter several people with trunks, bandboxes, and other luggage, and cross the stage. Welcome, ladies. Very welcome, gentlemen. Chamberlain, show the lion and the rose. Exit with the company. Enter Aimwell in a riding habit, and Archer as footman, carrying a portmantle. This way, this way, gentlemen. Aimwell to Archer. Set down the things. Go to the stable and see my horse is well rubbed. I shall, sir. Exit. Uh, you're my landlord, I suppose? Yes, sir. I'm old Will Boniface. Pretty well known upon this road, as the saying is. Oh, Mr. Boniface, your servant. Oh, sir, what will your honour please to drink, as the saying is? I have heard your town of Lichfield much famed for ale. I think I'll taste that. Sir, I have now in my cellar ten tun of the best ale in Staffordshire. Tis smooth as oil, sweet as milk, clear as amber, and strong as brandy, and will be just fourteen year old the fifth day of next March, old style. You're very exact, I find, in the age of your ale. As punctual, sir, as I am in the age of my children. I'll show you such ale. Here, Tapster. Enter Tapster. Broach number 1706, as the saying is. Sir, you shall taste my anno domini. I have lived in Lichfield, man and boy, above eight and fifty years, and I believe have not consumed eight and fifty ounces of meat. At a meal, you mean, if one may guess your sense by your bulk? Not in my life, sir. I have fed purely upon ale. I have eat my ale, drank my ale, and... I always sleep upon ale. Enter Tapster with a bottle and glass, and exit. Now, sir, you shall see. Fitting out a glass. Your worship's health. Drinks. Mmm, ha! Delicious, delicious. Fancy it, Burgundy, only fancy it, and tis worth ten shillings a quart. Aimwell drinks. Tis confounded strong. Strong? It must be so, or how should we be strong that drink it? 
And have you lived so long upon this ale, landlord? Eight and fifty years upon my credit, sir. But it killed my poor wife. Poor woman, as the saying is. How came that to pass? I don't know how, sir. She would not let the ale take its natural course. She was for qualifying it every now and then with a dram, as the saying is. And an honest gentleman that came this way from Ireland made her a present of a dozen bottles of Uskabaugh. But the poor woman was never well after. But, however, I was obliged to the gentleman, you know. Why, was it the Uskabaugh that killed her? My Lady Bountiful said so. She, good lady, did what could be done. She cured her of three tempanies, but the fourth carried her off. But she's happy, and I'm contented, as the saying is. Who's that Lady Bountiful you mentioned? Odds my life, sir. We'll drink her health drinks my lady bountiful is one of the best of women her last husband sir charles bountiful left her worth a thousand pound a year and i believe she lays out one half on it in charitable uses for the good of her neighbours she cures rheumatisms ruptures and broken shins in men green sickness obstructions and fits of the mother in women the king's evil chinkoff and chilbrun's in children in short she has cured more people in and about lichfield within ten years than the doctors have killed in twenty and that's a bold word has the lady been any other way useful in her generation yes sir she has a daughter by sir charles the finest woman in our country and the greatest fortune she has a son too by her first husband squire sullen who married a fine lady from london t'other day if you please sir we'll drink his health what sort of man is he why sir the the man's well enough says little thinks less and does nothing at all faith but he's a man of a great estate and values nobody a sportsman i suppose yes sir he's a man of pleasure he plays at whisk and smokes his pipe eight and forty hours together sometimes and married you say ay and to a curious woman sir but he's a Hmm. He wants it here, sir. Pointing to his forehead. He has it there, you mean? That's none of my business. He's my landlord, and so a man, you know, would not. But ecod, he's no better than, sir, my humble service to you. Drinks? Though it matters not a farthing what he can do to me i pay his rent at quarter day i have a 
good running trade i have but one daughter and i can give her but no matter for that you're very happy mr boniface pray what other company have you in town a power of fine ladies and then we have the french officers oh that's right you have a good many of those gentlemen pray how do you like their company so well as the saying is that i could wish we had as many more of em they're full of money and pay double for everything they have they know sir that we paid good round taxes for taking of em and so they are willing to reimburse us a little one of them lodges in my house re-enter archer landlord there are some french gentlemen below that ask for you i'll wait on them aside to archer does your master stay long in town as the saying is i can't tell as the saying is come from london no hmm. going to london mayhap no aside an odd fellow this to aimwell i beg your worship's pardon i'll wait on you in half a minute exit the coast's clear i see now my dear archer welcome to lichfield i thank thee my dear brother in iniquity iniquity prithee leave canting you need not change your style with your dress don't mistake me amor for tis still my maxim that there is no scandal like rags nor any crime so shameful as poverty the world confess it every day in its practice though men won't own it for their opinion who did that worthy lord my brother single out of the side-box to sup with him t'other night jack handicraft a handsome well-dressed mannerly shopping rogue who keeps the best company in town right and pray who married my lady manslaughter t'other day the great fortune why nick marebone a professed pickpocket and a good bowler but he makes a handsome figure and rides in his coach that he formerly used to ride behind but did you observe poor jack generous in the park last week yes with his autumnal periwig shading his melancholy face his coat older than anything but its fashion with one hand idle in his pocket and with the other picking his useless teeth and though the mall was crowded with company yet was poor jack as single and solitary as a lion in a desert and as much avoided for no crime upon earth but the want of money and that's enough men must not be poor idleness is the root of all evil the world's wide enough let em bustle fortune has taken the weak under her protection but men of sense are left to their industry upon which topic we proceed and i think luckily hitherto would not any man swear now that i am a man of quality and you my servant when if our intrinsic value were known come come we are the men of intrinsic value who can strike our fortunes out of ourselves whose worth is independent of accidents in life or revolutions in government we have heads to get money and hearts to spend it as to pure hearts i grant ye they are as willing tits as any within twenty degrees but i can have no great opinion of our heads from the service they have done us hitherto unless it be that they have brought us from london hither to lichfield made me a lord and you my servant that's more than you could expect already but what money have we left but two hundred pound 
and our horses clothes rings etc why we have very good fortunes now for moderate people and let me tell you that this two hundred pound with the experience that we are now masters of is a better estate than the ten we have spent our friends indeed began to suspect that our pockets were low but we came off with flying colours showed no signs of want either in word or deed ay and our going to brussels was a good pretence enough for our southern disappearing and i warrant you our friends imagine that we are gone a volunteering why faith if this prospect fails it must e'en come to that i am volunteering for one of the hundreds if you will upon this night errantry but in case it should fail we'll reserve to other to carry us to some counterscarp where we may die as we lived in a blaze with all my heart and we have lived justly archer we can't say that we have spent our fortunes but that we have enjoyed them right so much pleasure for so much money we have had our pennyworths and had i millions i would go to the same market again oh london london well we have had our share and let us be thankful past pleasures for aught i know are best such as we are sure of those to come may disappoint us it has often grieved the heart of me to see how some inhuman wretches murder their kind fortunes those that by sacrificing all to one appetite shall starve all the rest you shall have some that live only in their palates and in their sense of tasting shall drown the other four others are only epicures in appearances such who shall starve their nights to make a figure a day's and famish their own to feed the eyes of others a contrary sort combine their pleasures to the dark and contract their specious acres to the circuit of a muff-string right but they find the indies in that spot where they consume em and i think your kind keepers have much the best on it for they indulge the most senses by one expense there's the seeing hearing and feeling amply gratified and some philosophers will tell you that from such a commerce there arises a sixth sense that gives infinitely more pleasure than the other five put together and to pass to the other extremity of all keepers i think those the worst that keep their money those are the most miserable whites in being they destroy the rights of nature and disappoint the blessings of providence give me a man that keeps his five senses keen and bright as his sword that has him always drawn out in their just order and strength with his reason as commander at the head of him that detaches him by turns upon whatever party of pleasure agreeably offers and commands him to retreat upon the least appearance of disadvantage or danger for my part i can stick to my bottle while my wine my company and my reason hold good i can be charmed with sappho's singing without falling in love with her face i love hunting but would not like actaeon be eaten up by my own dogs i love a fine house but let another keep it and just so i love a fine woman in that last particular you have the better of me ay you're such an amorous puppy that i'm afraid you'll spoil our sport you can't counterfeit the passion without feeling it though the whining part be out of doors in town tis still in force with the country ladies and let me tell you frank the fool in that passion shall outdo the knave at any time well i won't dispute it now you command for the day and so i submit and nottingham you know i am to be master and at lincoln i again then at norwich i mount which i think shall be our last stage for if we fail there we'll embark for holland bid adieu to venus and welcome mars a match mum re-enter boniface 
what will your worship please to have for supper what have you got sir we have a delicate piece of beef in the pot and a pig at the fire good supper meat i must confess i can't eat beef landlord and i hate pig hold your prating sirrah do you know who you are please to bespeak something else i have everything in the house have you any veal veal sir we had a delicate loin of veal on wednesday last have you got any fish or wild fowl as for fish sir truly we are an inland town and indifferently provided with fish that's the truth on it and then for wild fowl we have a delicate couple of rabbits get me the rabbits fricasseed fricasseed lard sir they'll eat much better smothered with onions pshaw damn your onions again sirrah well landlord what you please but hold i have a small charge of money and your house is so full of strangers that i believe it may be safer in your custody than mine for when this fellow of mine gets drunk he tends to nothing here sirrah reach me the strong box yes sir aside this will give us a reputation brings aimwell the box here landlord the locks are sealed down both for your security and mine it holds somewhat above two hundred pound if you doubt it i'll count it to you after supper but be sure you lay it where i may have it at a minute's warning for my affairs are a little dubious at present perhaps i may be gone in half an hour perhaps i may be your guest till the best part of that be spent and pray order your ostler to keep my horses always saddled but one thing above the rest i must beg that you would let this fellow have none of your anno domini as you call it for he's the most insufferable sot here sirrah light me to my chamber exit lighted by archer cherry doctor cherry re-enter cherry do you call father ay child you must lay by this box for the gentleman tis full of money money all that money why sure father the gentleman comes to be chosen parliament man who is he i don't know what to make of him he talks of keeping his horses ready saddled and of going perhaps at a minute's warning or of staying perhaps till the best part of this be spent ay ten to one father he's a highwayman a highwayman upon my life girl you have hit it and this box is some new purchased booty now could we find him out the money were ours he don't belong to our gang what horses have they the master rides upon a black a black ten to one the man upon the black mare and since he don't belong to our fraternity we may betray him with a safe conscience i don't think it lawful to harbour any rogues but my own looky child as the saying is we must go cunningly to work proofs we must have 
the gentleman's servant loves drink i'll ply him that way and ten to one loves a wench you must work him t'other way father would you have me give my secret for his consider child there's two hundred pound to boot ringing without coming coming child mind your business exit what a rogue is my father my father i deny it my mother was a good generous free-hearted woman and i can't tell how far her good nature might have extended for the good of her children this landlord of mine for i think i can call him no more would betray his guest and debauch his daughter into the bargain by a footman too re-enter archer what footman pray mistress is so happy as to be the subject of your contemplation whoever he is friend he'll be but little the better for it i hope so for i'm sure you did not think of me suppose i had why then you are but even with me for the minute i came in i was a-considering in what manner i should make love to you love to me friend yes child child manners if you kept a little more distance friend it would become you much better distance good-night sauce-box going aside a pretty fellow i like his pride aloud sir pray sir you see sir archer returns i have the credit to be entrusted with your master's fortune here which sets me a degree above his footman i hope sir you aren't affronted let me look you full in the face and i'll tell you whether you can affront me or no to death child you have a pair of delicate eyes and you don't know what to do with them why sir don't i see everybody ay but if some women had em they would kill everybody prithee instruct me i would fain make love to you but i don't know what to say why did you never make love to anybody before never to a person of your figure i can assure you madam my addresses have been always confined to people within my own sphere i never aspired so high before sings but you look so bright and are dressed so tight that a man would swear you're right as arm was e'er laid over such an air you freely wear to ensnare as makes each guest a lover since then my dear i'm your guest prithee give me of the best of what is ready dressed since then my dear etc cherry aside what can i think of this man aloud will you give me that song sir ay my dear take it while tis warm kisses her death and fire her lips are honeycombs and i wish there had been bees too to have stung you for your impudence there's a swarm of cupids my little venus that has done the business much better aside this fellow is misbegotten as well as i aloud what's your name sir aside name gad i have forgot it aloud oh martin where were you born in st martin's parish what was your father st martin's parish then friend good night i hope not you may depend upon it upon what that you're very impudent that you're very handsome that you're a footman that you're an angel i shall be rude so shall i 
Let go my hand. Give me a kiss. Kisses her. Cool without. Cherry, daughter, cherry. I'm... Oh, my father calls, you plaguy devil. How durst you stop my breath so? Offer to follow me one step if you dare. Exit. A fair challenge by this light. This is a pretty fair opening of an adventure. But we are knight-errants, and so fortune be our guide. Exit. End of Act One